Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes are trapped on an island surrounded by tornadoes, and the only way to escape is to save a piece of the Wind God from an evil wizard's lackeys. But will Tornado Town Terrence lead them where they need to go? What mysterious creature has the Wind Monk inhaled? Will Butthole sober up at all, ever? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. The wind sort of fills your lungs, and all of a sudden, you can kind of hear a scared voice in your head. It's like, please, please, help me. You must help me. Inside, because I can't speak, because I'm just yeah. like holding my breath. So I go into like a mind palace situation where <laughs> it's a projection of myself, and I'm in a suit. Like, I've got a monocle. I am well-dressed, well-groomed in this mind palace. And then it's like a projection of whatever this wind creature is is also there with me. And we're having a conversation all internally. What, what do you think it looks like? In my mind, it's three feet tall. It's entirely green. And it just has eyes all over its entire yeah. body. Just everywhere, there's eyes. Yes, that happens. Outside, all of a sudden, Alan's eyes go white. Then she sort of elevates off the floor. Alan, you find yourself in a mind palace with a very handsome-looking gentleman and a weird little green eye monster. Do you want to make your presence known, or do you want to lurk? No, I want to. I'm, I want to fully explore this. So I'm gonna be like, "Hey, this is a surprise." Oh, and I go, "Hey, Bralin, how you doing?" <laughs> oh, uh, it's Tornado Town Terrence. <laughs> what does what, uh, what does Alan look like in your mind palace? <laughs> in my mind palace, uh, Alan is. Just a totally made out of paper, um, like a paper cutout. So it's perfectly two dimensional. There is no width or or depth. There's no depth to Alan whatsoever, and and moves like a paper cutout. So like when it moves, there's like a crease in the body, sort of thing. And like when she pivots, it kind of like twists a bit, like paper would. Ooh, I'm just kind of waving my arm. Kind of. You missed the entire conversation because like, of your paper arms. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Tornado Town, Terrence, over to you. You're, you're in your mind palace uh, mm-hmm. with... Uh, so I bow in a very ceremonial way that clearly is a way that the Wind Monks would typically bow. And I go, as a former member of the Order of the Wind Monks, I demand you tell me who you are and why you're here. The uh, small green thing full of eyes kind of like blinks them in a somewhat scared manner and says, oh, we've been trapped, my friends and I, we've been trapped here for so long. I managed to break free, but they're still trapped. And I kind of walk over, I imagine kind of like Gumby would. <laughs> and just say like, what, who, who, who are your friends? And who are you? I'm Alan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the creature explains that uh, it doesn't have a name. It and its uh, its companions are all wind elementals. They're, they just Ooh. exist as wisps. All it knows is that it used to ride on the winds and, and see all sorts of lands and meet all sorts of people. But then uh, suddenly they found themselves trapped, pulled apart, and uh, enslaved. Enslaved? So it managed to escape. Escape, but it knows its companions are, are still trapped in the dark stones. Well, obviously we have to help them. We have to free them. That's nice. I pull out, again, it's a projection in my mind, but I project an image of one of these stones that we retrieved from the other room and I show it to the wind elemental creature. I go, do you recognize what this is? Uh, in a classic cartoon style, all of its eyes bug out. <laughs> like it's a wolf and a really pretty lady just walked by. And he goes, yes, yes, that's it, that's it. And I respond, okay, well, wh- where are your friends? Oh, they're, they're, they're back in, over there. And it kind of like 
points and behind you, a door appears and you can kind of make sense that it's the room you were just in, but it's that room as seen by something that's whipping back and forth incredibly quickly. So like it's like the, the kitchen room that we're in or the- uh, no, the, uh, the room with all the, um, the air beds. Okay. Please, you must help us. Back okay. in the kitchen, I have completely ignored Quinny, and I'm tearing through all the shelves trying to find wine. <laughs> and I'm just looking at Alan, whose eyes have gone white. And is she also levitating? Yep. I'm just like, at Alan? I say, she's fine. She's fine. Can you roll me an investigation check for your, your wine search? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that roll. <laughs> it's a two total. <laughs> you don't find any wine that's meant for drinking, but you do find an old bottle of cooking wine. Oh, no. <laughs> bingo! <laughs> the classic Forgotten Realms game, bingo. <laughs> yeah. Quinny, uh, you're, you're just watching Alan? I'll give her a nudge. Like, I'll poke her knee. Do I sense that at all? Your paper knee inverts a little bit. It's weird. You think it's just a thing in the okay. mind palace, though. Quinny, as soon as you touch her, sort of, like, your hair stands on end, and you can feel sort of arcane energy flowing through you, uh, which isn't your favorite. No, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> yep. Lesson learned. Um, yep, so back in the mind palace, the green-eyed, three-foot-tall wind thing, it's it's begging you both to, uh, to help set its friends free. I turn to Alan. I go, well, I think we have to set it free. I mean, that's the only way to find the wind god. So do you have any questions you still have to ask it? How many of your friends are there? I don't know. We were all, oh, okay. we, we, we don't count such things. Our life is about fun and flying free on the winds, not counting. <laughs> so I, I turn back to the wind creature and go, okay, well, why don't you follow us? And then if we need any more help, we can ask you. I can't help but follow you. I'm currently in your lungs. <laughs> okay, so I come out of my mind palace for a moment, grab my water skin. I empty it out on the ground, empty all the water out. And then put my lips to it (laughs) and blow the wind elemental into the water skin for storage. Still somehow sounds better than a bagpipe. Uh, (laughs) So you managed to to, uh, blow the wind out into the the water skin. You managed to re-trap the elemental. (laughs) (laughs) Your water skin's now like hilariously inflated, but yeah, uh, yeah, you have it. Okay. Like floating? (laughs) Yeah, like when you tie it to your belt, it just kind of floats and bounces. And I assume the mine palace ended. So as soon as uh, Terrence comes out of the mine palace... Suddenly your eyes roll back in and you drop two inches down to the ground. Okay. So I explained to everyone what happened between the two of us, but I used shadow puppets to explain it because, again, I'm not quite all there. And I explained the entire story that the wind element. Can you roll me a performance check, please? 18. You know what? Your shadow puppet game is on point. <laughs> so you were able to convey successfully to them uh, what went down. And I just look at him while I'm drinking this bottle of cooking wine and I go... Got it. Uh, and then I, I storm across to the other side uh, of the hallway and into the other room. I break Quinny's bell. Uh, and then I just yeah. take Moonlight Ding Bringer clank. and I smash one of the gems on the bottom. As soon as you do, like another wind elemental bursts out and it like quickly rushes around the room in the same way and then zips out into the hall. And I just yell, Kapla! Uh, and then I go and smash the next one. Yeah, so same thing happens. I'm just working my way around yeah, the room so smashing So smash stuff. all of them. The wind elementals all burst out. Eventually, they all kind of drift back into the room and seem to be kind of like floating near you. You can't communicate with them, but they're there. And after the fifth one, I yell, why don't you love me? Uh, and then I walk to the back of the room and I smash, start smashing the foot lockers. And I'm like, I did so much for you. I converted people. Ah! And then I just do like a real angry cry while I'm drinking cooking wine amongst all the smashed foot lockers. <laughs> uh, Butthole, can you please roll me a constitution save? 16 total. Like your your stomach is like boiling with this cooking wine. 
But you're keeping it together. Yeah, I've drank worse than this. <laughs> so I rush in after Butthole, having freed all the elementals. And, and where are they? They're like floating around yeah, the room Yeah, they're now? just kind of drifting around the room now. Can I suck them all up into my lungs? <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it, yeah. <laughs> so I suck them all up into my lungs, and I put the water skin to my mouth at the last moment and squeeze <laughs> yep. the trapped one in, too. And I go into like a mind palace <laughs> party with these wind elementals. And in my mind, now that there's many of them, it's kind of like a disco, but like, you know, like D&D disco yep. sort of thing. So like no electricity, but there's some like funky music playing and we're all kind of like lounging around. <laughs> um, we're all gathered there and I go, okay, who trapped you? Did I join I this time? You, well. you feel the draw yeah. now that it's kind of happened for the first time. You understand that you can choose to go in or okay. not. I'm going in. All right. You're at the discotheque. Because you've been in this mind palace before, you've got a bit more control. What do you mm -hmm. appear as? What are the elementals appearing as? Or so the wind? Now that I've kind of mastered it a bit more um, there. <laughs> this is his first mind palace journey of his whole life. I've mastered like meeting a wind elemental in my lungs. I project them and they all look like very, very fragile crystal kind of creatures. Every time they move, there's like a movement of air and they kind of morph a bit. So they're constant flowing kind of crystal creatures. I'm going to appear shaped like myself, but kind of with like a crystal kind of vibe over like the exact yep. same thing, kind of coating my so body. Like, uh, just like to, a crystal just skin to, that you down like DLC style. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a special skin yeah. for pre-orders. It's way better yeah, exactly. than the tiger stripe one you almost chose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome. Yeah, just okay. because I just want to like show that I'm friendly. With Tornado Town Terrence inhaling all these elementals and going catatonic again and Alan popping into the air again and going catatonic, I'm like, and he doesn't I, know what the fuck to do. So he walks over to Butthole and like, takes a nip of the cooking wine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just crying, but it's one of those like ugly sob cries now where I just breathe in really hard. It's like, <sighs> and every time I like, <sighs> I also fart and half of it gets sucked into the orb under my butt. Uh, yeah. I'm so just I, rhythmically doing that. I take a sip one, I just like pat you on the back. <laughs> And that's about it. I ask how they came to be trapped. So they seem to actually be more articulate when there's more of them because they're all kind of contributing their, their fragmented experiences. You get the sense, you can see kind of from what they explained that there is a group of these creatures that are kind of six foot five, very, very slender. They look humanoid, but vaguely alien. Essentially, the visual because they kind of tell stories visually. It's the equivalent of almost looks like someone capturing a, uh, a butterfly with mm -hmm. a net. Like they were, they were trapped by something. And then most of them just remember being woken up in this kind of excruciating state of being pulled apart and, and uh, contained. They're also very uh, grateful for having been rescued. So they offer their help in any way they can uh, before they go on their way. And they also are able to kind of point out there's an area in the sleeping chambers that's sort of like a hidden wall vault mm -hmm. that one of them observed. So it's able to point you at that. So I thank them and then I do my bow again. And I say, look, I'm going to do something very uncomfortable as soon as we're out of this. But you just got to go with it. And I promise I am going to free you as soon as we are out of this temple. Can you roll me a persuasion check? Yeah. Eight. Okay, they're not so certain about this. <laughs> so I'll offer you a devil's bargain. Okay. They'll go along with it. However, they're going to resist whatever you're about to do mm -hmm. ever so slightly. And I'm going to lower your hit points by four. I'm going to take that bargain. Great. I'm going to take it. And so I pop out of the mine palace and I blow them all into the water, <laughs> Great. into the water skin. Yeah. So that water skin is, is full, but yeah. like it's, it's like breathing out a torrential thing. So yeah, lower your, uh, your permanent HP by four, but you managed to put them in the, in the bag. And once you've done that, it feels like your lungs briefly invert. 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> you, uh, you know, you like plug your nose and manage to, to pop them back out. I just kind of touched Tornado Town Terrence like, how did you do that? I kind of just shrug because it's clearly the first time that I've ever done anything like this. And I go, I don't know, maybe I'm super cool. (laughs) (laughs) We come out of our trance and sorry, they're in the same room as us or they're still in the. um, We're sitting amongst the collapsed lockboxes. The wall safe is directly above where they're sitting and crying. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm leaning over to Quinny going, Quinny, how how do you live with no God? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty easy. Everyone does it. They just, that's inaccurate. (laughs) Even Alice got a god. Yeah, but Ogma. Yeah, but how often do you see her using Ogma <laughs> as a I'm trying to think of a nicer word than crutch? She doesn't rely on Ogma. <laughs> you know what I mean? She relies on herself. But, sure, she believes in stuff, but yeah, but like she's got that belief. You don't even have that belief. No, I just believe in myself. What if a god hates you? Fuck that god. That doesn't seem like a good way to live. They have so much power. Who cares? Me, I, my whole life has just been using that power to heal people I and mean, not get murdered. Come on, you, based on what you've told me, that's just a, a part of your life that you've been using that power. Uh, yeah, all the good parts. Before that, it was just getting beat and having to murder people for my dad. You want me to go <coughs> back to that? I mean, not especially, no. But thank you, I think. Look, everybody does what they need to do to survive, okay? I've done some things. You've done things. I'm sure Alan has done things. I don't judge you for that. What do you judge me for? For coming to me for religious advice. <laughs> uh, what, what I'm trying to say is this. Yeah, let's get there. This part is mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll skip over the mean part. Thank you. You're a friend. <laughs> Look, I've seen you in battle, okay? I've seen you change the hearts and minds of people. You have more strength than I think you give yourself credit for. I don't think that comes from anywhere else. If your God is mad at you right now, I think any God worth giving two shits about is a God that can also forgive, okay? So... Maybe you just need to prove your worth, I don't know, to yourself or to your God once more. Oh. Yeah, and you just take that train of thought and and go with it. (laughs) I get it. Great. I have to complete this whole quest without using any of my God-given powers, and then I show I'm worthy to be a cleric. You're right, Quinny. No matter what, no healing. Well, I mean, no spectral hammers. None of that. No, you're right. You figured it out. Because sometimes from the darkest place comes the light. And I think when it your butt? comes to religion, you're the darkest place. <laughs> there's nothing there. All no, right. No magic for me. Got to prove my way. No, that sounds fine. I'm sure that won't Thanks. come back to bite us. Thanks, buddy. You really gave me the right idea. I'm going to keep this bottle of wine. It's almost like I couldn't have faith without you. And then I, I walk over to see how Alan's doing. having <laughs> come down from floating. I assume you guys pop the safe. I don't think we need to role play that. No. Uh, so inside you find there's a, uh, a pair of very ornate goggles. Um, they almost look like the face of an owl. If you sort of look through them, um, you can see that they're essentially sort of a fantasy version of night vision goggles. So they allow Ooh. you dark sight up to 60 feet. Okay. Goggles of the night. Who's Who, who can see in the dark? Uh, I can. Okay, Alan can see in the dark. What about you, uh, Tornado? No, I can't. You can't? What about you? No, Quinny. Okay, I got Moonlight Bringer. So I, I mean, oh, do you know what? I got torches. I can't even use the magic of Moonlight Bringer. I can't even let it go. That'd be cheating. <laughs> That'd be cheating. So okay, maybe Quinny or Terrence. Who wants to see in the dark more? You want to flip for it, Terrence? Yeah. So we'll flip for it. Who's flipping the coin? I'll flip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because this is a coin of the Forgotten Realms, I got the Duke's the fancy guy's name from Neverwinter on the one side. So who wants fancy nobility? Never Ember. Yeah, we got Never Ember. Who wants Never Ember? And who wants a sword going through a child? <laughs> Why don't you call it in the air yeah, there, sure. Tornado Town Terrence? Funny face! 
Oh, he got that's that's never Ember. He got it. Terrence gets the owl goggles. Fair enough. I'm gently proud of you that you didn't try and rig that. I mean, he might not have him for the whole adventure. Well, what happened last time? We gave a guest star any magic items. He flew away on a dragon and died in the woods. <laughs> that son of a bitch still owes us a necklace. <laughs> Having sorted that out together, you uh, make your way to the edge of the pit and descend into the unknown. It's easy enough to get down. It looks like the floor caved in, uh, so something very heavy hit this. You can see sort of further down this hallway, you're now running underneath the section you were just in. Down here, it's even rougher. This seems almost like a service passageway. And at the very, very end, sort of the the very end of this sort of long tunnel, you can see flickering light and uh, you can hear uh, sounds of something large moving. Everybody stop for a second. (laughs) All right. Which one is good? The king of fish. Do you think it could be a big fish down there? No, no. King of fish is uh, king of fish is more of a swimming rock. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would suggest give give old Peter Poplar a break and use the mysterious giant. Well, I wouldn't think he'd be very stealthy, but maybe it's one of those opposite names. So I reach into my bag and I take out the mysterious giant. And I just say, let us know if it's safe. And I huck it as hard as I can into the distance. The rock hits the ground. It tumbles, it rolls, and rolls into the uh, the large room. Um, the light in the room is very dim. Uh, you can sort of see flickering. And then you just see one large gray tentacle thwap out, grab it, and drag it into the room. You son of a bitch! Uh, and I am going to say, help him, boys! <laughs> I the rest of the rocks and throw them into the room. Quinny looks at Alan and asks, why do we let him do these things? I was thinking the exact same thing. As were our listeners. <laughs> Peter Poplar had a rest, but he's still a little tired, so he doesn't make it too far. Um, Helmet Head succeeds and uh, ends up in the room. The King of Fish, being more of a swimming rock, uh, doesn't make it too far. Frank's up there with Peter Poplar, so they're, they're close to the entrance. If I can make a suggestion, gentlemen, why don't we use those new uh, sort of like see-in-the-dark goggles that we got to look at what's going on from back here? So I dig through my cloak pockets and I put on the goggles uh, and I look through them and I stare off into the distance in the direction that the rocks were thrown. You can sort of see into the room a bit. It's hard even at this distance, not so much because of the light, but just because it's kind of hard to see through this entranceway. Beyond it, you can see sort of a large form moving back and forth. You can tell that the hole at the end of the hall is much larger and seems to open up into a a much larger space. Can I see what the figure is in the distance? Can you roll me a perception check, please? One. It's a natural Critical fail. So as you're uh, fiddling with the various knobs on the goggles, they're not working quite the way uh, you'd like them to, so you grab one of your trusty rocks, the one you know is the best engineer, and you just smash it against the lens, and uh, the lenses crack. So you get the sense that the goggles aren't permanently destroyed, but they will be useless for the rest of this adventure. Tornado Town Terrence, give me those goggles. <laughs> I sheepishly remove the goggles and hand them over to... Thank uh, you. And I say, Tornado Town Terrence, give me that engineer. I take the rock out of my pocket, I kiss it lightly, and I hand it to Butthole. What's the engineering rock's name? Since I only discovered it on the way to the temple entrance, before I hand it over, I have a brief conversation with the rock. (laughs) I introduce myself as Tornado Town Terrence. I hold it up to my ear, and I listen a bit. I go, oh, this is uh, Dr. Badside. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Badside. (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet you, Doctor. Clearly, you're not a combat monster like your other friends. 
So you're going to get looked after by my special friend, Goblin Jr. Uh, and I leaned down to put it in Goblin Jr.'s pouch. Goblin Jr.'s into that, although he's pretty concerned about the state you're in. This is uh, this is concerning for him. So I take his metal bowl and I put some cooking wine in it and I say, it'll all make sense in a minute. <laughs> Goblin Jr. goes, snarf, snarf, snarf. <laughs> Translates roughly to, it's a living. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes to town. I say, everyone, wait here. I'm going to get a closer look. Just make sure you bring the mysterious giant back. I think he's in danger. <laughs> I'll bring back a whole bunch of rocks. No, not just random rocks. What about our friends? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Quinny, as you move something in the way uh, Butthole just phrased that hits you and you realize that maybe it does make sense because you once had a friend who turned into a rock who's named oh. Captain Anaka Yanga Yu. <laughs> With a tear in your eye, you move down the hallway. <laughs> now I'm all choked up. So I'm like, <laughs> but you're happy to see that Quinny finally gets it about mysterious giant, yeah, and the rock combat squad. Then I chug the rest of the bottle of wine. <laughs> Goblin Jr. does the same. Um, great. So, uh, are you trying to stealth your way? I am trying to stealth my way. Okay, roll me a stealth check. Twenty-four. You move stealthily past the fallen rock army and make your way to the the edge of the hole. Uh, what you can see through it is alarming and upsetting, but also metal. It's just Gene Simmons with a full <laughs> band kit. <laughs> yeah. So inside, you can see ahead of you sort of a large two-level room. It looks like a massive workshop. You can see a lot of tools. Also can see a lot of rough-hewn stone. The most alarming part of the room is the center is dominated by a large creature with tentacles, vicious alien-looking eyes. Its skin is cracked. And dusty, every time it moves, it almost looks like puffs of dust. You know enough of your nautical history to know that you're looking at a kraken. Like a beached kraken? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to skulk back and relay this to the party because I'm not facing this alone. Are there any of the stupid rocks near me? Yeah, all of them except for the mysterious giant who was pulled into the room by the kraken. Okay, I scoop them up and bring them back. Quinny, did you get them all? Everyone but, you know, the fifth one. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Look at the four rocks that I have here. Who's you missing? Did, you missed the mysterious giant. He's I'm the sorry. one who's been captured. Look, don't worry. If there's one thing I believe, it's never leave a friend behind. And I start walking towards the opening. I grab you. I keep walking. Can you roll me a strength check, Quinny? <laughs> Butthole, you can do an opposed check, please. Strength or dexterity? Uh, 11. Ugh, seven. Butthole, you go to storm away mightily. But Quinny, rather than grabbing you and pulling you back, because I don't think that would work, he manages to sleight of hand the empty bottle of wine and kind of shakes it and is like, oh, there's still some left. And I yell, Goblin Jr., give me the wine. <laughs> Goblin Jr. is passed out in the corner. <laughs> I say, butthole, listen, there is an awful terrifying monster in that room. It looks like a sea monster, like a beached sea monster. Okay. Okay, I get carry on then, I guess, now that you know that. Why is it beached? Is there a beach? <sighs> it's a sea monster and there's no water in there. <gasps> It doesn't need our help. It doesn't need our I fucking help, butthole. I swear to God. Help. Butthole. It might. Butthole. A monster is butthole. A, a monster. Butthole. A monster butthole. is a friend you haven't met. All right, Goblin Jr., let's go. Uh, and I pick up Goblin Jr., put him over my shoulder, and I'm like, who has water? Do we have a water skin? Alan, do we you really have any need water? magic to sober this buffoon up? Um, does cure wounds cure, like, inebriation? I don't think so. Incorrect. <laughs> I, I know a nothing. spell that does, but I will not use it. <laughs> Lesser restoration cures poisoning. <laughs> Tornado Town Terrence. Nothing. Do you know anything about a sea monster being on the island? Do you have any water? And I, again, look up as though I was surprised that this conversation is even <laughs> happening around me. And I kind of shrug and I go, no, never seen any sea monsters around these parts. Here's mm. a thought. 
It busted down some of these rock walls. It dragged its way through these tunnels. What stopped it in that room? Maybe it's sleepy. <laughs> All right. Any other theories? It's thirsty. But hold. You were just going to say it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Sabbath. It can't work. Does anyone know anything else about sea monsters? I'm just sitting, raising my hand, waiting to be selected to talk. <laughs> you do, do you, butthole? No, I have a question. Okay, do you know anything about sea monsters? That is very similar to my question. Does the Kraken speak common? I did not engage it in conversation. Do you see what it did to the mysterious giant or whatever? I don't know. We sent a scout ahead who came back and abandoned him. No, 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 no. It snatched him up, remember? Giant tentacle picked him up. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. uh, and I cup, I cup my hands around my mouth. I go, hey, Kraken, do you speak common? And suddenly your head is just filled with visions of water, the deep sea, and rage. You feel uncontrollable rage. Everyone or just him? Just him. Okay. I think the Kraken is also having a crisis of faith. Hello, everyone. It's Tyler Hewitt here, just taking a little break from the show to let you know that Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. Yeah. Did you know that? Have you heard about this? We've got a Patreon, and we've got a bunch of different tiers for you to subscribe at, the lowest one being just $1 per month, and with that, you actually get one of my favorite perks. You get access to our patron-only Discord. You've got a lot of fans hanging out on there already. It's very active. Uh, we hang out on there. We're active uh, and part of the Discord as well. We've got one of my favorite channels is the Questions for Cast channel, where you can ask us about our process, about our characters or anything like that, but also just like personal, you know, kind of get to know us questions as well. Uh, and I like getting to know the fans of our shows uh, on this Discord. So it's been great so far. I highly recommend it. You should head over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. One more time, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you there. I think it is struggling, it loves water, and now it doesn't have any. We need to get water. We poured out the water from the water skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a second look at anything you know what? based I'm on the take, questions you're asking. I'm going to take a nap. You guys are in charge. And then I just lay down using Goblin Jr. as a pillow and fall asleep. I would say the three of us are the quietest of the group. Should we all come up together? Yeah, I have, yeah, uh, I have a stealth advantage. I'd like to turn into a bat. And just kind of fly up to the entrance, just outside of the light. As you flitter about the edge, you can see it's two levels, and the Kraken itself looks horrible and enraged. It's, you know, like whipping around. It seems very aware of your presence. Um, And then all of a sudden you hear a voice in your head that just says, Free, die, free. Goodness. I'm going to assume that in my mess kit, there's some sort of cooking oil yep. or something to prepare food with. Yep. So I take my robe off <laughs> um, and I cover myself completely in cooking oil, head to toe. Yep. And then I stealth into the room with the crack and wall, hugging the wall. Like I don't just yep. like go up to it, but I stealth into the room. All right. So can you roll me a stealth check, please? That's 20. The Kraken seems to be kind of focused intently on a spot that you can see Alan the Bat is hanging on, and you uh, successfully sneak into the room. It would seem that the two major options are to try and draw the Kraken out and slip past it, or to battle it. Being a bat really isn't going to help me anymore in this situation, so I'm just going to turn back into my normal self. Over their shoulders, having (laughs) crept up and awake now, I'm like, guys, 
I had a great idea. When we were back in the courtroom and I pooped a bean, it made a tree full of juicy, watery fruit. What if we take a bucket and I poop in it and we put a bean in it and we put it in the middle of the room and we see if it grows a tree that the kraken would go after for more fruit? That's potentially a pretty good idea. Can I just modify it? I'm pretty sure in this cave network, we can just find some dirt to plant that bean in. You don't need to shit in a, in a bucket. <laughs> well, a, sort of need to poop. I may, may have been trying to kill two birds with one stone here. But okay, I would be, I'm, I'm fine with that. Let's do it. And I kind of just sit there for a minute and go, well, what if you fed the bean to the kraken? Wouldn't a tree just burst out of its body? Here's, here's the real question. How do we put the bean in the kraken? I don't see a mouth. Wait. I know what to do. And I look at the rocks in my bag and I go, which one of you boys is feeling brave? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the bravest? Old Helmet Head is definitely the All bravest right. of the rocks. So I, I take out Old Helmet Head and I do like a circle of rations around him. And then I stick a bean under the rations and I go, here you go, Kraken. And I throw the Old Helmet Head at the Kraken. It snatches Old Helmet Head out of the, the air and throws it back into its mouth. So the bag of beans item description is if you remove a bean and plant it in sand or dirt and then water it, it produces an effect one minute later. DM rolls D100 for result. You wait and it's one of those sort of like classic action hero stuck on an elevator sequences where you have to wait a minute. (laughs) Inside the Kraken's empty stomach, free of almost everything. There's no stomach acid. It's just a dry, awful pouch. God, that sounds Um, horrible. A very distraught, uh, mysterious giant sits alone when all of a sudden... There's a flash of light. The Kraken's mouth opens. All of a sudden, his buddy helmet head rolls down next to him, covered in rations, the bean wedged to him. The mysterious giant says, you you came. Helmet head says, I'd never leave you behind, buddy. Mysterious giant says, I love you, helmet head. And helmet head says, I love you, mysterious giant. <laughs> and then the bean explodes. From outside, you see the Kraken's eyes go wide. And in all of your heads, you hear the word Water. And then the Kraken fucking explodes as a geyser of water, <laughs> Holy shit. oil, wine, and fruit juice erupts from inside it, <laughs> splitting the creature fruit in twain. <laughs> and the geyser just continues to blast for uh, four rounds. I'd like to run forward and try to catch wine in I, Goblin Jr.'s bowl and the wine bottle. I need you to roll me a dexterity save, please. Can I try to cast web on butthole? 17 total. Running. Yeah, you can try. Okay. I'm, this is what just like trying to shoot a web to just like pin you to the ground. <laughs> 17 total. Okay. So, Alan, what are the rules on that? Butthole would have to make a dex saving throw. Otherwise, he's restrained. What's your spell, DC? We can just use the dexterity save I was going to use for uh, you writing 14. with your mouth open. And you rolled a 14? No, I rolled a 17. Oh, fuck. You fire a web after him, but seeing that you're doing so, he just grabs Goblin Jr. and says, you know what to do, buddy? And he throws Goblin Jr. and drunk Goblin Jr. like, and uh, Goblin Jr. takes the full brunt of the web. It'll be fine. Falls to the ground. I'm so sorry, buddy. It wasn't for you. Snarf. You're great. Snarf. Yes, Butthole, you succeed in running into the room and you can catch some wine in the bottle and the dog dish. I'm so pumped. Yeah, dog dish, bottle, primo. (laughs) I catch as much as I can. I dump the dog dish into the bottle and just try to get as much as I can. Tornado Town Terrence, as you come into the room, you see your old pal, the mysterious giant, but uh, next to him are just fragments and splinters of Helmet Head. I run directly to Helmet Head, shoving aside everything in my way. (laughs) Butthole, Alan, I'm just, I shove them to the ground as I run and I cradle old Helmet Head's remains in my hands. 
and I delicately like put them up into my outstretched palms and I like I blow <laughs> very softly on them to scatter the remains into the wind. But they don't. They just kind of fall on the ground <laughs> unceremoniously. But in my head, I've just done like the most beautiful thing in the world. Mysterious giant is just like, can you see the rabbits? Can you see the rabbits old helmet head? <laughs> uh, great. So uh, you guys now have the room. You've got a geyser. You've got a, a recently dead kraken. Uh, you can search the room. You can carry on. What would you like to do? I would like to search the room. Can you roll me a perception check, please? 14. You can tell that most of the stuff in the room is pretty useless for your purposes. Although, butthole, you find a bunch of small hammers. They're not technically throwing hammers, but they could work that way. Oh, yeah, I'll take some. I'm down to like two. And I know Goblin Jr.'s got six things. So, I mean, first thing I got to do is get Goblin Jr. out of that web. And I just say, thanks, Alan. Uh, uh, (laughs) I just like your dog into that. No, I'm like, I've taken my dagger. I've cut the webs. Like, this was not meant for him. Uh, You selfish asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. And then I look at my wrist and it says, Alan is my friend and I'm like sure <laughs> yeah friends tell each other the truth you're turning into a super villain and I'm afraid of you a lot <laughs> he's still drunk he's still drunk I'm a friend I'm telling the truth drunken <laughs> goblin junior picks up part of the web and like throws it back on himself and then kind of like gestures to the spider on his armor and is like snarf snarf <laughs> to, look at me I'm Yakum Goodley <laughs> <laughs> and I just pointed at him and go, oh, this guy gets it. And then he and I go over to pick out some hammers. Corny says, good bark. You said there's chisels and stuff. <laughs> there's chisels and stuff on yep. the second floor. Uh, yep. I go and grab some of the chisels before we leave. And I go grab the robe that I discarded before <laughs> and put it on, even though I'm still soaked in oil. I mean, it's up to you. You could jump through the uh, geyser if you want to get clean. No, I don't want to because I don't like that feeling of like when oil beads on you, Ooh, like yeah. when water hits you. I prefer to just have the robe over my oiled up body. You never know when it's going to be beneficial. <laughs> True say. Quinny, during your searching, you do actually find something. It seems that in uh, one of the alcoves, they were working with a particularly difficult stone. And as a result, they were using a frost brand to help carve it. So the frost brand is the equivalent of a short sword, a plus one short sword, but it adds 1d6 cold. When wielding it, you have resistance to fire. And once a day, you can use it to extinguish all flames within 30 feet. Short sword is 1d6. I believe so. And it is an additional 1d6 cold? Yep. Oh, that's so fucking cool. Having successfully looted the room, you're able to uh, make your way to the doorway with a little bit of difficulty and a little bit of power hobo strength and drunken cleric strength. You're able to pull the corpse of the Kraken away, revealing a uh, doorway which leads down a small hallway into a large cylindrical room. Before we go through the door, I turn to everybody else and I say, wait, everybody come back. We got to do a funeral for our friend, all helmet head. Uh, and I line up the other rocks around And I've taken two hammers and set them on top of each other and jam them into the floor so they look cool. And I'm like, here will lie old Helmet Head, a friend to us all, one who saved his friends. I think it's only right that we each tell a story about one special memory we have with old Helmet Head. Quinny, you start. Was he the one that we lost with the tentacle? He's the one that saved the mysterious giant the mysterious by sacrificing giant was the himself. one that was pulled by the tentacle? Yeah, yep. he got grabbed first. Right, yeah. So I remember that time that he went and saved uh, the guy that got grabbed by the tentacle. Man, what a hero. <sighs> he took mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, you're up. What a wonderful substrate for delivering such a powerful bean effect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Tornado Town Terrence. Old Helmet Head was married to my sister for <laughs> almost 12 years. And even though 
He was a member of my family. He was more than that to me. He was one of my truest friends. I remember once uh, we got drunk together and just sat staring at the stars for hours and hours. And even though he was just a stone, I still felt very close to him. I don't know what I'm going to tell his kids. And then I just like turn and, and just walk away. I like the logic of kind of flipping it. We're saying like he was family, but he was more than family. <laughs> he was a friend. <laughs> I, I look down at the, the monument and I just say, you know, a lot of people may not have noticed, but there was always a will they, won't they between old helmet head and my very closest friend, Goblin Jr. Just the scant glances. The scouting missions, their veteran combat past. We always thought, wouldn't that be beautiful? And sometimes someone could just be too beautiful for this world. So <laughs> it's a won't they, the saddest won't they. Bye. Goblin Jr. comes over and he reaches into his pouch and he pulls out an improbably perfect pressed flower that he is, he's been <laughs> carrying around. Because when Butthole taught him how to do parade marches... And do a bunch that of things. A real thing. He also learned how to like tap with the hammer in his mouth, and he realized he could do that to preserve flowers. So he's secretly been doing it. Doesn't want anyone to know though, because it's you know it's just kind of his thing. And he takes one out, and he very delicately lays it on the spot where he saw the most dispersal occur, and just says a mournful snore. I say, yeah, that was true love, buddy. All right, guys, time to move this bus. <laughs> and together, you move the bus forward. Into the hallway. So beyond the small hallway that you're walking down, you can hear wind whipping around Tornado Town Terrence. This sounds like a storm, but a very controlled storm. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds a little bit like what a tornado would sound like if you were inside a building. At the end of the hall, you can see a door that's shaking on its hinges and kind of being battered back and forth very violently. What do you guys do? I don't want to be the first to approach that door. I'm thinking we should open it. <laughs> uh, I walk towards the door and I turn around to everyone. This is real dangerous, okay? Everyone's got to realize that if there's some sort of tornado behind there, it can rip your arm right out of your socket. And I put one hand against the door to see if I can, like, feel or sense what's behind it. This feels like very strong winds, but it doesn't feel... It's not gale force. It won't... Mm -hmm. uh, you don't think it'll immediately, like, tear you off your feet if you go in. But uh, you can tell there's a tremendous amount of air mo movement inside. How's it feeling there, uh, Tornado Town Terrence? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Back when I was still a wind monk, me and Tornado Town Steven were just, uh, you know, we, we were herding some of the citizens of Tornado Town down into a shelter when a, a tornado burst through and there was a door battering around just the same way this one is. And, well, Tornado Town Steven opened it and he got sucked right out. So I don't want that to happen to you guys. You guys stand back and I'm going to whip the door open and hopefully I'll be able to maintain my feet on the ground. Quinny takes cover. <laughs> I realize I forgot to pick up the rocks after the funeral, so I go to pick up the rocks. Alan? <laughs> I'm just regretting. Oh, no, I did prepare Featherfall. Yes. I'm ready with that. Tornado Town Terrence, you sort of reach out and you brace yourself and you throw open the door. The door is almost ripped off its hinges, swings wide back into the room, and there's a huge blast of wind that hits you and you feel yourself being sucked forward. Can you roll me a dexterity save, please? 11. Breaking that seal is just too much. Uh, so you get sucked up into a large cylindrical room. The wind is currently pulling you upward. So you are pulled through. What you can see as you're kind of flailing is this room seems to be uh, almost a silo of three levels. The level you just got sucked in from is the lowest level. And it's basically got a half moon platform around the door. 
above you, there are two more platforms at sort of the mid-level, and there's another platform at the highest level. You can see at the highest level, there are a number of other cast-offs kind of rushing in with weapons, and they're kind of punching me like, there he is, there he is! And uh, currently, the airflow is sucking you up. So currently, you're floating around mid-level, but you're heading up towards the top level where you can see two archers, uh, two martial artists, and someone brandishing a sword kind of like doing that classic villains rush into a room thing where they're like, oh, there he is. One of them yells, traitor! So your room looks something like this. It's kind of like the entrance to Jabu Jabu's belly. Yeah, it is. I see that. Right? Yeah. Different Mm -hmm. levels. Yeah. It's almost like... The guy who designed the dungeons has played a lot of the same games. <laughs> uh, so uh, roll for initiative, please. I don't know what any of us are talking about. <laughs> How convenient that you had to go into yeah. another room. 19 for me. Total of 20 for me. Six. <laughs> You're not going to be here for a while. <laughs> we never saw Butthole again. Seven. Seven. Man, Butthole's the best when he's drinking. You have zero initiative? Oh, yeah. Has it always been like that? Ever since I got this armor. <laughs> Tornado Town Terrence, your initiative is actually much later in the order, but I'm going to give you the chance to act first since you're kind of the first one through the door and you kind of realize what's up. Uh, on the top platform, there's an archer wearing a tricorner hat who you remember has a terrible singing voice, but like <laughs> insists on it anyway. It's like the, the late night karaoke Wonderwall person. There's uh, an archer in extraordinarily fancy robes who you remember was a judge or something or killed a judge or something. One of those sorts of combinations. <laughs> um, there's two martial artists that you used to train with. One you dubbed Punchy because he's real good at punching. And then there's the Kickster who, uh, as the name suggests, likes to kick. And the, uh, the person wielding swords, you remember, is one of the more ambitious people. Uh, used to be a lieutenant on the military vessel that washed up. And you remember that old Swordy's pretty good at sorting. Currently, they are all on the top level, but you can see the two uh, martial artists are kind of running to the edge as though they're going to jump. And am I hovering at the top level? Right you're now? currently uh, you're in motion, mm-hmm. so you're you've been sucked through the door up into the winds. The winds are not battering you around, but they are strong enough to lift you. So the way a lot of this is going to work is through acrobatics checks or strength checks. So essentially. If you want to like grab a platform and pull yourself under it, that's going to be a strength check. If you want to try and maneuver midair, that's acrobatics. You can oh. push off the walls. You can do all sorts of stuff. Give me those tasty acrobatics checks. Um, I'll also <laughs> say that currently you don't know too much about this room because you're being sucked up into it. You can roll things like perception checks. You can still yeah. do all the things you would normally want to yeah. do, just not immediately. So, Can I air swim like acrobatics <laughs> over to the uh, middle platform if I can? Okay, sure. Yeah. So could you roll me an acrobatics check, please? Yeah. Nine. I'm going to give you advantage because you're used to dealing with winds. So you can right. roll that twice. 16. 16 will do it. Yeah. So as you're, you're flailing past, you remember in Tornado Town Stevens' classic advice, flail harder! Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you do just that and are able to get a hand on it. So once you pull yourself onto the platform, you're able to kind of get your footing. So top of the round, Quinny, you've just seen Tornado Town Terrence sucked through a door. Well, adventure over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, Quinny's gonna cautiously approach that door. When he starts to feel that wind really, really sucking, he's not gonna go too much closer than that, but he probably wants to get a better look at what this chamber's like. Sure. As you approach the door, you don't feel a tremendous amount of suction. You get the sense that the door was creating a bit of a seal, so it was the effect of, of cracking okay. it open that sucked him through. Okay. It's certainly a strong wind. You can feel your cloak billowing around you and whipping, okay. but it's manageable. You'll, you'll still probably need to roll, but okay. you think you can keep your footing. In that case, I take my cloak mm-hmm. and I tuck all the like loose billowy part into my pants. Nice. Uh, Classic. And I roll my hood down. Whole new look for Quinny. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a dorky looking. I mean, it's no fuck now, harness, but, but you know, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he looks like Urkel. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. 
Quinny can see Tornado Tentarians has like stabilized himself yep. in the air and is actually like controlling where he's going. And I, I assume, do I see these guys kind of leaning over the edge from where I am? And um, you can hear their hammering uh, batons into the uh, the floor. All right, then I draw my bow and arrow mm -hmm. and I jump into the center of the room. As you jump, you feel yourself pulled up into the air. Do you want to roll me a perception check as you go? Yep. I assume you'd be sighting things given that that's your jam. 17. Looking up, you can see they're hammering uh, batons into the, the floor. Um, at the top of the room, you can also see a vent. It's a very fine grill. It's not anything you could slip through, but it seems that that's where the, the air is going. Okay. As you're pulled up, so you're firing? I would like yeah. to. You're firing in the direction of the wind right now, so I'm going to give it to you with advantage, but at a minus three. Okay. And who are you shooting at? Who can I see from you? I'm assuming the monks are close yeah, to the, the ledge. Yeah, the monks are, are the ones sitting there hammering okay. at, the, uh, yeah. at the edge. I'll, I'll start uh, taking out one of them. Great. That's going to be a 23 minus 3, so 20 to hit. 20, yep, that'll do. So you loose the arrow, it wavers in the wind, mm -hmm. but the wind is on your side, so it flies much faster, which is kind of great for you, and it hits one of the martial artists. So go ahead and roll your damage. Martial artist looks up the last second and attempts to grab it out of the air. So okay. roll your damage, and we'll see what happens. Five damage. This is one of the most epic feats of archery you've ever done. You're mm -hmm. floating midair, your tucked-in cloak is like, expanded with air because it's tucked into things so it's yeah. really puffy you loose your arrow it flies faster than you've ever seen and yet the martial artist is able to grab it out of the air and just looks at you and snaps it in one hand i think even through like the wind tunnel and the distance between us you know i'm just starting at the bottom and he's at the top he can probably still hear me say fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's carried on the wind yeah alan Having seen both Tornado Town Terrence and Quinny kind of get sucked into the air, I'm going to cast Spider Climb mm -hmm. on myself nice, with my spider nice staff. Um, I want to climb the wall up onto the middle platform. You're able to do that. So on the low level, the platform is on the east. On the top level, the platform is on the west. And the mid-level platforms are north and south. Oh, okay. Okay. Tornado Town Terrence, I'm going to say you are on the north platform. Mm -hmm. Alan, you are on the south I'll platform. take the south platform, yeah. yeah. Do I get the sense that these platforms are affixed to the wall or are they floating in the wind? Um, they well? are affixed to the wall. Okay. Up top, old Sorty is is kind of looking down, kind of concerned. Uh, the wind is kind of blowing up past him. He, he's got like long scraggly hair that he's tied various trinkets into. So they're kind of like floating above his head, making little <laughs> clinkety clinky noises. They look so cool when they're not doing that, but he looks really dumb right now. Um, so he kind of starts doing that Darth Maul prowl as though he's waiting for something to change. Which brings us to Punchy and Kiki. So Punchy and Kiki managed to finish hammering their uh, batons in, and you can see that they've affixed ropes to themselves. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're going to try and rappel down. The way they're going to do that is by wall running. They're going to try and Prince of Persia their way down, mm -hmm. um, but they're going to be fighting the wind, so let's see what happens with them. So one goes to the left, one goes to the right, and they both start epically sprinting down yelling their battle cries of, I will punch them, and I will kick them. <laughs> Unfortunately, the wind is too strong for Punchy, so he starts running, but does that, like, comic running scramble air, run, kind of thing, um, yeah. and then uh, gets pulled up, and you can see him sort of, like, float up uh, into the ceiling. <laughs> he does the reverse Wiley e. Coyote, where he's running down, <laughs> but then looks up all of a sudden, and then just shoots up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has time to hold out a side that says, like, uh-oh, uh, which he just had on him, because, yep. you know, he's, he's a castaway. He's prepared. Everyone on this island has gone gently insane so yeah that, that tracks yeah when the wizard says prepare yourselves for battle you grab your uh-oh sign and you head into the exactly, exactly. And you get <laughs> the tornado <laughs> cylinder where's your sword oh i just brought the uh-oh sign you, you get sorry. ready for punch well he's yeah. a punchy so oh. clearly i mean he's not a sword guy so yeah, he's yeah. a sign guy yeah, yeah. he's a sign guy so uh, signs punching for the eyes <laughs> 
the Kickster, however, being uh, much more fleet of foot, manages to scrabble down the wall, and he's going to try and flying jump kick Alan. Oh, um, shit. I'll cast shield on myself. Yep, that tracks. So what's your AC right now? So my AC for this round is 19. 19, very nice. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, the highest um, it has ever been. It's, it's like the Kickster's running in with the swing. It's, uh, again, that like bicycle kick move we saw earlier. Two kicks and a body slam, let's say. That makes right. the most sense. <laughs> two will miss, but that body slam goes through okay. right proper. I like that it's like the first two. I'm like, I kind of like dodge. Like it's like slow motion around me. <laughs> and then on the second one, and like I dodge it again and then I get cocky. And then <laughs> the third one just hits me. And uh, he yells, you can't dodge physics. And just slams into you. Really educated, crazy homeless people. <laughs> hey, they, I mean, they had lives outside of this island, you it's know. It's true. I'm fine. Yeah. I, I if the kickster survives, we need to talk to him about his backstory. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be full of uh, like cutaways to that time he went to Thailand and got a tattoo and then how he ended up on the plane and how the plane went down. Guys, we can just kill Kickster. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did what? you eat a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're Blatt, skipping ahead. And, and we're skipping we're ahead. All, yeah. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! <laughs> Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.